Everybody Loves Pudding with Ken Seymour and Richard Geiger. What up? We're here with uh, another episode trudging along the lines of cinema. We just recently did our back and forth on who we thought the best action star was, and that was extremely entertaining, and we thought we'd bring up another possibly divisive, extraordinary subject. Yes, and... I feel like last time that I didn't have much ground to speak on. Ken was very good and had some good points. But this time around, although I may not have the points, I think I have the right idea in place for what we're going to talk about, <laughs> for sure. Maybe. We'll see about that. So we're going to have a little bit of a discussion today. And it's a trigger on a particular actor. And... One of the reasons I think I don't even remember how we started talking about this, but we were discussing some of our favorite movies at one point in time. Like if we were going to do a top list of movies or what are our favorite actors, a few commonalities came out with some movies that we had or some movies that we enjoyed. And I think so. I, I think one of the things that come up was so I came up with one of my favorite movies from when I was younger growing up was glory yes and i mentioned i was like oh man that movie would was would be so much better we were complete on completely on the same page for a little while <laughs> yes <laughs> and then and i said it'd be so much better if matthew broderick wasn't in that movie and that that drew some eyebrow raising like what are you talking about i can't i could not understand why somebody would not want a national treasure like Matthew Broderick, to be in any movie that could possibly be put out. That may be overstating it slightly, but I love Matthew Broderick. I mean, how can you not? So we decided that we should probably discuss this in, in further depth and try and get at the truth. Wherein lies the problem uh, on either side, why we like or dislike this actor so unilaterally, almost, uh, <laughs> almost vehemently. Yes, absolutely, um, and, and I I think it it stems from partially one reason where I have an an odd favorite movie, like one of my favorite movies, maybe of, like it's in my all time top five list, and it shouldn't be, but it is, and it's Cable Guy, and he's in that movie, and it would absolutely be my favorite movie of all time if he wasn't in that movie, and. That just, to me, tells you how good the rest of the movie is, in my eyes, that I dislike him so much that that movie is still one of my favorite movies. So that's very skewed about how... I will be very clear that he dislikes his acting style, rather than the gentleman in specific, which I don't think either of us really knows one way or the other. Correct, yes. Um, in it, when it comes to acting, I just don't... It's, it's hard to quantify, to be honest with you. So we decided we'd look at, uh, you know, one of our handy-dandy resources, which is IMDb, and just take a peek back at some of the movies that one or both of us have seen and kind of get an idea on what we are talking about as far as why we like or don't like this uh, actor in these particular movies, or I guess just in general. Absolutely. It's uh, 
it's probably going to be a little hit or miss because even though we have some commonality between the movies that we've seen, there's definitely going to be uh, a, a lot of areas where one of us may have some experience and the other does not. In those instances, we'll just try and give a general backdrop as to what it is and why we seem to have liked it. So just jumping into the beginning of it, looking at his history, uh, the lists, I, I'm going to assume that the first couple that are in there are such small roles as to not even bear mentioning. I do not recognize them. I don't think I have ever seen the television series Lou Grant. <laughs> uh, so I'm not entirely sure, sure to say anything. And it was a single episode anyway. Max Duggan returns, no clue. But once we get up to 1983 and War Games, that is one of the first movies that I remember seeing as a younger lad to begin with and did not have much appreciation for it at first uh, just because it was... Not exactly the most exciting of films as it's for for a younger kid. <laughs> not a lot of explosions and very little fighting, and there's not silly, funny things to laugh at. But it later became one that I really enjoyed that has just kind of a feel that a lot of other a lot a lot, a lot of other '80s movies have. That's kind of a, even when dealing with threatening issues, this veiled. Uh, sense of hope kind of a thing did did you uh, say that you had seen this one before or well, maybe I, I a feel bit? like and this was kind of the idea too is that when that movie came out i would have been too too young to go to the theater to watch it in the theater but i feel like it was one of those movies that was good enough and popular enough at that time and maybe even future years later people like oh that's a good movie that they did the tv edited version of that not that it really needs to be edited that much but uh, something that showed up on CBS or something like that, or it was on on Saturday morning on NBC or whatever those things were. Absolutely. So I feel like I've at one point in time have watched bits and pieces of this movie, but it's strangely enough, uh, not memorable enough for me to want to go back and watch it or to remember the parts of it well so. to, to be fair uh, we were speaking of this it did have ali sheedy in it and she i think was in every movie made in the 1980s um it's true and she is also a, an actress that i am fond of during that that period maybe a little typecast at times but always enjoyable but i mean war games gave you some tension it gave you a glimpse into the high tech of the equivalent of a trs-80 programming and basic uh, trying to talk to an AI computer program developed by this reclusive scientist and and sort of in league with the the government, but not really. And it was just he. This was so early in his career. To be fair, he didn't have a lot of his mannerisms that you will see in a lot of his later films and a lot of things that that he brought to to his other performances. So. Young pup. He was he was he was definitely young. So I don't know if this is the fairest place to start because he really hadn't hadn't hit his big break, even though this kind of was his beginning. Um, so we'll we'll kind of leave this one by because we don't have a place. But it started it put him into my field of view. The nineteen eighteen I have not seen, and again we've got a single uh, episode from a TV series which we won't go into. But then. 
we get to a TV movie, Master Harold and the Boys. And I know I've mentioned this one to you uh, at least once or twice in my defense of uh, in my defense of one of my favorite actors. And to, uh, it's it's a TV movie, so that's kind of a strike one to, 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 to be realistic. A lot of TV movies are just, especially from the 80s, are just not good. Maybe, maybe not the best. No, but... but that's, that's okay. You got to get your feet wet. This, if I remember correctly, was based on a play. And the entire thing was set in a single location never moved you didn't go into another room you didn't go into another building or outside or any of it it was in a single room in uh, if i remember correctly it's it's uh, either a retail establishment or a hotel or or some such and uh, he plays uh, uh, basically a rich um, uh, kind of privileged uh, south african and the the boys, uh, as it were, with Master Harold were two of the individuals that worked at this location hmm. that were uh, of African-American descent, or I guess it wouldn't be African-American if it was South Africa, just African descent. So black individuals. And it was such an interesting dig into the the psychological constructs that occur as somebody is brought up to think a specific way. And even if they try and break out of that mindset, how it does not always completely work, how you're sometimes still a product of your environment and your upbringing and the, the, the disconnect between personal experiences I thought was brought really well home. Now I didn't see this until I was in college so it, it was some time after, so I could I definitely would not have liked this as a kid. But I thought it had such resonance and, and, and a power. And while I'm not remembering off the top of my head, one of the other actors was also uh, uh, really, really good in there. And I'm trying to remember what his name was. It says there are ah. three people yeah. <laughs> in the entire, well, entire show. Well, I recognized one of them from other things, but Zox Mokay. I'm, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing his name, but he uh, he had a really really powerful performance, and he's been in a ton of stuff. Waterworld. Yeah, you you can't miss this guy. He's 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 uh, 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 got a plethora uh, of different uh, um, of different uh, things that he's done, both in film and on stage, and it's and he's really quite good. And I thought they brought the best out of each other. So again. None of the, I guess I should ask, do you have a mannerism? Because I, I have to think back to this since you haven't seen this. Is there a mannerism or a uh, Brodrickism that, that really irks you, that kind of rubs you the wrong way? That he can't? I don't, I don't know. I, there's, I, I'll take it back to the fact that Cable Guy is one of my favorite movies. And you have one of those like weird... Everybody's got one of those movies where, for some reason, they just sit and watch it, and then like the next day, like they watch it, and then a week later they watch it, and then a week later they watch it. So I got hooked on that movie because of that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. So when you start watching movies repeatedly, you just see things that you shouldn't see you know, when you watch a movie once or twice. And for me, on the stuff that he did, it was like him 
trying to act natural or act how a normal person would act in a normal situation. <laughs> but like and, he was an alien trying to do it. But like he was like, yeah, because he just can't, he can't act. Now maybe he can, <laughs> maybe he can talk words okay, but he can't move his body to coordinate with his mouth and his face. Uh, one of the scenes <laughs> for sure in, in, is a, there's a shower scene in, and no, he's not, uh, you know, it's not that type of shower scene in Cable Guy and the Jim Carrey's character comes to the door to install his cable while he's in the shower and part of the scene is him just like putting shampoo in his hand and washing his hair and it looks so forced that it makes me cringe every time I see that part of the movie because that's a na- like it's just like oh, I'm gonna wash my hair but it's like a robot trying to purposefully grab the shampoo and move it and put it on his hand. And then like, I don't know. It just bugs the heck out of me every time I see. Maybe he was allergic to the shampoo. That could be it. But I don't know that it's necessary a Matthew Broderick-ism, but it's just the fact that the way he tries to present himself in many of these, it's just not natural at all bugs me we need to get to a common ground that can bring us up to the next one which i'm pretty sure you said you've seen because who hasn't seen it by now it's what the movie that he's known for yes ferris bueller's day off ferris bueller's day Day off which is in my maybe not top five but it's in my top chunk of movies it is a movie that i can always watch to put me in a good mood no matter what what did you think of that film? I thought it was fine. Like, okay, so here, here's the thing. That type of movie, I guess, never really excited me, never really bugged me. I'm kind of neutral on that movie, so I don't dislike it at all. But it's not one of those movies that I would have in my collection. That I'm like, I got to, yeah, it's time to watch this movie again. It's not one of those movies where, oh, this movie's on TV um, I'm, I'm just going to stick to this and, and watch this. We talked about that in yeah. the past a little bit. You know, like you get movies like for me, and this gives you the taste of my music. Like if Predator, uh, of movies, if Predator is on, I'll stop and watch it. But if Ferris Bueller's Day Off is on, no, I just like, no, like I can't get into it. And I don't think it's ne- it's because of him necessarily it's just the movie itself doesn't really because i was going to say because i think that movie is a perfect counter argument to your unnatural movement and speech because a good chunk of that movie is done breaking the fourth wall where he's talking to the audience yes exactly the dialogue is him just like not having to act just turn to the camera and talk you don't think he's acting well, in certain aspects of that, no, I don't, because he's not having to present himself in a certain fashion. He just has to say what his little interlude is and then go back to doing what needs to be done. But isn't his interlude done from the perspective and life experience of a high school teenager? Um, yes, but put, I guess, put him in... That same thing as an adult, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, The Revenge, and he's older, and he's going to break the fourth wall. I, I, I just, there's there's not a lot of, you pause, you turn to the camera, and you give either an emotionless or very little emotion 
type of dialogue to the camera, and then you go back to what you're doing. I don't know. I don't know, because I seem to remember there was a car commercial that came out not too long ago that redid a portion of Ferris Bueller's Day Off while he was an office worker. And he was an adult, and the delivery was different. Yeah. We'll have to watch that. Have to, to watch verify. that, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, well, we'll skip that since that's not as much. I don't know Project X. And she's having a baby while a wonderful film. He's in such a small portion of it, if I remember correctly. He's just in the credits uh, when they're talking about names for the baby that it's not worth really mentioning. Yeah. Uh, Biloxi Blues. Had you seen that one? No. You didn't miss anything. But yeah, I don't I... think it's his fault on that one. It was not a bad movie, but just not what I would call a memorable movie. Um, I have not seen Family Business, though I've heard some people say that it's good. And I've definitely not seen the Torch Song trilogy. Then we go back to Glory. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is considered to be a seminal piece. So good that it was, well, okay, maybe not so good. Let me rephrase that. Good enough and liked well enough by the people in charge that they would put it uh in history classes in high schools to watch. That's true. And I don't remember if that's what. So when, when I, when I was younger, I was not obsessed with, but moderately tied to anything that was civil war related. Mm. So that might've actually been the, the time frame when like the Ken Burns civil war thing was on. And we had, um, I want to say like six TV stations because we didn't have cable, but one of the stations that we had was PBS. So whatever was on PBS, I got to watch. So one of those was a Ken Burns Civil War special. So anything that was Civil War kind of drew my interest. Mm -hmm. Of course, this is a Civil War movie, so perfect. It's got Denzel Washington in it. Cool. One of my favorite actors of all time. Definitely. You know, I think it goes back to... If this, if this story had a certain uh, turn to it, so like some of the actors, like uh, Morgan Freeman's in it, so he's good in just about everything he does. Denzel's good in just about anything he does. So like keep those guys the same, but just change not only Matthew Broderick, but like half of all the white officers in what? the movie, and it turns into... So much more of an amazing movie. Oh, you're crazy. It's got Carrie El- Ellis. Yeah, he's awesome. He is. He is like one of uh, one of my favorite guys. I think he did excellent in that film too. He's, he's great from a comedy standpoint, but great from what? like this standpoint. Uh, you're. I don't know. I'm maybe I'm overly critical. I think you but, might be a little overly and critical. It, it also could be the the mustaches that they had. Yeah, it's hard to take them seriously in those mustaches. Yeah, so that that's definitely got something to do with it. But I just feel like, and, and once again, I'll go back to I watched this movie a lot on VHS in my VCR because that's how I had it. And maybe I became overly critical of certain aspects of it. And one of the aspects of it was every time that Matthew Broderick was in a scene, it just, the the word that keeps popping my head is forced. Like it wasn't natural for him. You know, when you look at, I'll go back to Denzel or Morgan Freeman, like the way they 
present themselves in this movie, it's natural to them. When they mm. act, it's like it's it's not necessarily their style, although Denzel has a very specific set of skills. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, um, But Equalizer 2 coming soon. Um, but what I'm saying is to them, their reactions to things or their way to do things seems natural i think i might be seeing where some of this opinion is coming from because if this is the original kind of movie where you started basing your opinions on even before cable guy came from the whole point to his character in this was that it was forced he was in a position that he was not prepared for or at least that the character was that he did not know how to deal with he was trying to put forward a sense of a sense of authority and a sense of uh, belonging in that position when he didn't feel that he really did. And I, and I get really that. Fit. I get that. Cause I, I understand that that was, it was a story of that regiment that was the first one, right. Of, of its kind and showed success and showed him trying to lead troops in a way that, you know, he'd never really led troops before and i and i get that whole concept of it like that i understand but even him once again him trying to act like he's never done these types of things and he's timid before just his portrayal of being timid seems timid like it you know like it's i'm not quite sure what i'm seeing what's seeing what you're saying there yeah and and now I haven't seen the movie in quite some time. And one of the reasons is he annoys me so much that I just can't stand to watch it. So (laughs) that's, that makes it hard for me to pull up the memories of it because I, I I used to watch the things so much and I remember all the scenes and I remember what happened and I know the, remember the storylines, but it just, uh, it's hard to pinpoint exactly, but like, Forced and not natural just seems to always pop in my head for everything that I don't like about him. You know, his delivery on on the actual words seems fine. Um, and, I, and I'll point that out in a later movie that he's in here about why I actually like that movie that he's in. And I don't mind him being in that movie whatsoever. <laughs> okay, we'll get there. We'll get to one of those movies here soon. But, but Glory... If you guys out there watch this movie again, and I'm pointing this out to you, just watch his interactions with people in this movie and watch how he tries to be natural around other people. And it's unnatural for him to be natural. That's what. And I'll ask you to look and find a place where he's actually trying to be natural with other people because I don't think there is one in that movie, not once. The closest you get is the very beginning when he's with his family in the house and even then he doesn't, the character is not meant to feel at home. It's very definitely a a duck out of water sort of a, sort of a thing. So I I don't think there's yeah, he's, a spot he's out of place in his that. society in that movie, and he doesn't feel right with how things are being portrayed or how people are being treated. And the whole thing is new and different to the war and to him. So okay. I get it. I, I think it. I think we're gonna have to leave a dividing line on that and move yeah. forward. Now the next one that I saw. And this 
I don't think we can really do because I think in order to really judge a performance, we can't just go by voice. So Lion King, I think we're going to have to skip. And I like that. That's what I was talking about. Like, I like that movie because you don't see him at all in it. You just hear his voice. You just hear his voice. Good old Simba. Oh, man. Okay. That's probably one of my favorite Matthew Broderick movies right there. <laughs> so so I'm starting to think there might be a, a something in, in this gentleman's past where there was, there was somebody that made his hamburger wrong that looked very much like Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick. <laughs> and just stuck with him. Throwing up for three days because of that guy. All right, all right, fine. What about The uh, Road to Wellville? The Road to Wellville. That's kind of a deep cut, so I won't be surprised if you haven't seen that. I, you know, I, I actually, when, when was that? Because that was in that, who else was in that movie? Truthfully, it's been so long, I'll have to look it up. But I seem to remember he gets dunked in chocolate in that movie. Isn't he, they're all kind of like, Health I don't know. facility. Like, I like using the words hoity-toity. Does that sound Anthony right? Anthony Hopkins. Yes. Bridget Fonda, John Cusack, Dana Carvey. Okay, I'm definitely thinking of a, lot, a different movie with uh, Dunked in Chocolate. But uh, I know I saw this at one point. Okay. Apparently, it made so little of an impression on me that I don't remember any of it. Uh, I just remember liking it. I do remember bits and pieces of it because of how ridiculous uh, Anthony Hopkins looked, his character looked, which is meant to look like that. And I understand that, but well, we'll skip that one since obviously I am suffering from an early stage of dementia and not being able to remind it or remember it correctly. But that does bring us up to Cable Guy. Yes. So a movie that we're both infinitely familiar with as he has seen it several times and I have seen it quite a few times. So what? about his performance you, you mentioned the shower scene let's go past the shower scene what about the bit uh, where he's actually interacting with Jim Carrey for the first time after he's out of the shower trying to bribe him in a in a, in a very sad sad way uh, trying to bribe him into getting free cable and that part that part doesn't stand out as one that I don't like because it's meant to be awkward because that that's not that character's strong point. That's not that character's comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. The only thing that stands out in my mind is the, the sweet spot. <laughs> 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 there it is. <laughs> okay. So, um, that the okay. So before. Um, I came today to here. I sent you a GIF GIF. That's a debate for another one. Yeah. Is it GIF? Is it GIF? I don't know. But one of them is where he's got the photos. He's got the, 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 the Polaroids, and then he shows the Polaroids to Matthew Broderick's character, and he says, oh, you bastard. And then he like covers up his mouth. And it's just, if you... That's two seconds of him, like, trying to be. He's not a physical actor. He's no. not a Jim Carrey. No, he is not. And, and maybe that's part of the problem. 
because Jim character Jim Carrey's character in this in most of his movies in that era were physical comedy, and this isn't. I don't think it's it's, it's bits of physical comedy A little bit. for sure, but this isn't your traditional comedy movie. Like it's not a gag movie. It's just like a. People like to call it dark humor. I don't know. I don't know if I qualify as that, but like with him just trying to gasp and cover his mouth because he said, you bastard. And it just seemed, once again, it just seems like he just, he couldn't do like, oh my God, I'm covered up. Like, no, it was like hand up over his mouth. Like it was like motions, direct motions of doing it without, without it flowing naturally. I, I bet know. they did that take. 15 times and like, yeah, that's the one we're going to have to do for that one. No, I'm, I'm still seeing that as more of a Woody Allen-esque neurotic affectation. I'm really not seeing that as an inability to act human. It's more of an inability, or, or not an inability, but an, a, an intentional effect to show that he's so uncomfortable with what's happening that it's affecting his physical being at the time he does a lot of that and maybe that's that's where where the the problem is because that's how he expresses it and that's kind of a love or hate and it looks forced to you whereas it's like okay i've known people that do that yes (laughs) so yeah and in within the movie itself i once again i understand the character and his awkwardness and maybe it's just conveying the awkwardness I it's it's like I said it's hard it's hard to pinpoint like so they're doing the uh, porno password <laughs> and that scene is awful <laughs> it's probably the only part of the movie I didn't particularly care for uh, yeah it's so good uh, but if you look at and, and maybe it's comparing compare the other actors and actresses in that room in that scene and they're not the main focal point uh, no. a couple of them are but it's just I, I know the main character in this movie is Jim Carrey and I know that he's the focal point in many scenes and large to a large extent in this movie is Jim Carrey but there are a lot of scenes where Jim Carrey's not even in this movie at all, right? I mean, so in that scene, you're competing to a small extent because the idea with that one is it's Jim Carrey's character making everybody laugh and have a good time and be goofy. And Matthew Broderick in that scene is... Matthew Broderick, that scene is individual. He's Zeppo. He is the straight man. Of course it's going to come off like that. Yeah. It's, it has to come off like that in order to work. But is there someone else? And this is never thing, no, nothing I've never really pondered. Who would do it better than Matthew Broderick? And I bet there are lots of people that would do it better. But to play that straight, no face, no fun, awkward person, and you have to battle against the over-the-top Jim Carrey character. I don't know if I could think of somebody better. I, I, I have actors that I would have found entertaining in that role because it would have changed things slightly. Keeping with the Matthews, I think Matthew McConaughey, and that would have been 
pretty entertaining. Yes. And love or hate Matthew McConaughey, when you see him in roles, it's just <laughs> it's it's just natural. You know, all right, all right, all right. Like, <laughs> like that's that's not a script. That's just him doing stuff. It's just natural. Like he would have been so much better there. Yeah, that's a good one right there. I also have to think that maybe because of the stage work that Matthew Broderick has done, if that maybe doesn't translate well for you. And in, that could be too, because he's medium. isn't he he's done a lot of stage stuff and he's been hasn't hasn't he done like is he Tony nominated for things? He's, he's got awards coming out of his ears for that sort of things or at very least nominations. He's, he's been in a, a vast number of very successful stage productions. And I have been fortunate to see only a handful, or I should say I've been fortunate to see a few. I would like to have seen more that came out the wrong way. Um, but, uh, uh, and it, it has unfortunately always been secondhand little, <laughs> little recordings here and there. Um, and that, that could be it too, because maybe he's more apt to, or adept to stage acting instead of screen acting. Mm -hmm. It's a it's, different ballgame. It's a possibility. Um, skipping forward a few years to 1998, got Godzilla. <laughs> this is one of those instances where it's a film that I did not like. Uh, I don't blame him for it. No, I mean, there's so many things not good there about was a, that There movie. was a confluence of things that just did not work with that. Any of them taken individually, and they were fine. I mean, the, the CGI for Godzilla looked really neat. It was not Godzilla. It didn't, it didn't evoke Godzilla. But on its own, it looked kind of neat. The plot was kind of tried. I mean, it was, it was very basic. Yeah, that... That movie's like he's he's not an, an action star and we never claim him to be that, but Well he didn't have to do much that he just had to run. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and, and even like it, it's hard for him to stand out as bad in that movie because the whole movie was bad. You know what I'm saying? Although like, the soundtrack was quite good. I was gonna say that the best part of it was Diddy with um <laughs> Oh, uh, that's like, a, that's a look, conversation for a different day. And and I say the best part of it with an asterisk because uh, the most of those artists take something from someone else and make it their own, which that is a unique talent yeah, all to itself, absolutely. right? Um, and what has what has was it uh, Page or Plant? I can't remember who he did the song with. I mean, it was a Led Zeppelin song. But yeah. It was, I, did he actually get the to work with one of them to do it? Yes, because it sounded very much like he just took the song and wrote <laughs> oh, no, over no. it. He was on. Um, he was the guest artist on Saturday Night Live with one of them at one time. Hmm. And I was not aware of that. Well, like I said, liking that CD and still, it, it, I'm just torn about that song because the original is so good, and I didn't feel that he did much of anything to add to that song. No. No. I mean, that's what you do. But 
if you never listened to Led Zeppelin before and you are only a hip hop, a hippity hop person. Maybe it gave you that in road exactly. to, to listen to it. So, you know, and even then, even though he, I don't feel that he added much to it, he definitely didn't detract from it. No. I, I don't think what he did made it awful because there are definitely some sampled songs where I go, man, you just ruined that. It was so bad. Yeah. But he basically just took the song. And wrapped over, it. wrapped over it, which is which was fine. It was fine, yeah. But the uh, oh, the Foo Fighters song on that on that uh, disc was really good. Uh, it, it was it was solid all around. The, the Jamiroquai song, Jamiroquai, on it. nice, uh, so good. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> yeah, we're so we're starting to get towards more uh, more new stuff. Ooh, Lion King 2. Yeah, I, I missed that one. Uh, the first one was uh, less than inspiring to me. It did not make me want to watch the second one. I'm sure it's in the house somewhere because I have children or had children. Have children that no longer really fit that age. Um, but Inspector Gadget, 1999. Awful. That was a terrible movie. Again, I don't blame Matthew Broderick for that one. There's nothing anyone could have done with that particular movie. Now, I will take it a step further in saying that, yes, that movie was awful, but he made it more awful. What? Oh, yeah. He's supposed to. Okay, so no, no. I, I've got to take exception <laughs> with that because come from the guy, everything he does is robotic and unnatural, like he's an alien trying to approach being human. That's kind of exactly what that dude was. But did you, so did you ever watch the cartoon? Yes. So I was a big fan of the cartoon. So he Hello, was just, Penny. Supposed, go, go, gotcha. yeah, he's just supposed to be a goofball. That actor that was, now, now, it's not his fault because he was probably chosen incorrectly for that role and should have never had that role to begin with. But you needed someone that could have been more of a physical comedy actor for that movie and that is not him at all oh yeah i I don't know i don't know i think i think i remember the the cartoon very well and the dude was the consummate straight man i mean he's basically inspector cluzo with robotic parts yeah just completely clueless yeah doesn't know but you needed that aspect of stumble fumble bumble and you don't that's think not that? Matthew Broderick. No, that's I'm going to try to do it, but I'm not going to do a good job of doing it because he is not know. he is not a physical actor. And see, maybe that maybe that's just goes back to why like things aren't natural. So like his physical motions and the way he does things interacts with things. They're not maybe war- not with people. It's not Warner Brothers enough for you. Yeah, not uh, this doesn't do it for me. Like it's. I keep going back to the same two or three things, but maybe that's maybe that's the core of it. That in some of these things, especially in Inspector Gadget, like he should never have been in Inspector Gadget. Like that those roles are maybe he just had the wrong role. Maybe he just had the wrong thing. Oh man. I uh I don't know. I now I feel really bad. I I'm looking at this list and I have missed a ton of stuff that this guy did. After Inspector Gadget, I mean, think the lap, the next point I pick up that I saw was his guest spots on Thirty Rock, which I thought were, were great. Yeah, Thirty Rock's a great show. Yeah, 
Um, so that may not be the fairest uh, thing to go into. One, it's not long enough to really give them a chance to to show much of anything. And two, the writing of that so stupendous they can make the worst actor uh, look good on that show. It's kind of like in wrestling, getting somebody that knows how to make the worst wrestler look good because they'll sell it, right? But yeah. Um, so I, I have, and it's been a while since I've seen, I have seen uh, Tower Heist. Um, it was probably on HBO or something like that. And I was like, oh, I'll watch it. It's, it's got a good cast in it. And I don't seem to recall me disliking him in that movie. Just watching the movie and thinking, meh. Like, it wasn't a bad movie, <laughs> right? You know, but just not anything spectacular. So... N- nothing stands out to me on on him on that one. He was in, I think he played himself in Trainwreck, so it's hard to mess that up. That was just a short, brief little spot. For him I did miss one. one that I had seen. I somehow skipped over it with my eyes. But the producers, oh, the producers, yeah. The I've movie, not seen that one. The but. movie adaptation of the musical that was an adaptation of the movie. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Well, successful once, nah, do it again. Um, a lot of people will definitely make comparisons with him on that one because, uh, you know, Mel Brooks had his go-to actors that he would use back in the day. And uh, on the original uh, producers, I think one of them, um, I'm having a mental blank, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the the original um Young Frankenstein. I'm going to have one of those things, but he may be compared to to that individual uh, on multiple occasions, which it's hard to be compared to because he was awesome. But I liked him in The Producers. Again, kind of shoehorning him into his normal stuff of the, the neurotic character. He plays a neurotic accountant. But uh, it's I thought it's well done. His fixation with his blanket that... That keeps him pacified and not going crazy, having uh, having the the between him and Nathan Lane fighting over Uma Thurman, very funny throughout. You know, I, I I've heard positive things about that movie. Now I'll preface this by saying, when it comes to musicals, I'm very closed minded on them. If you like that or gosh, Gene I, Wilder, that's his Gene name. Wilder. Okay, yeah. Well, but Gene Wilder is money though yeah he's so, he's so good yeah it's hard to compare or be a side-by-side like if you're in a movie with gene wilder i mean you gotta was it so you'd like, have to step your game up a yeah. little bit um i just i can't speak to musicals because i don't watch them and it's i i guess that's being me being the negative nancy because i'm like oh it's a musical I am man. I will not watch this movie. No, that's not it. I just can't. My interest level doesn't stick in those movies. Like I just can't. I I will. I'll, okay. I'll go backwards a little bit on that and say, um, the the South Park movie, bigger, longer, and uncut. Okay. Was a musical to a small extent. Am, am I wrong on that? No. Like, it, it, well, at the very least, it had musical elements. Yes. There was lots of songs. So much, I think one of them actually was nominated for a Oscar. 
Blame Blame Canada, I think was. That was a funny one. But there was a lot of singing in that movie. And I that's I like that movie. Um, in Team America, there's definitely you keep well, going back Ellen's. to animated and puppets <laughs> and well, you know, I like it. I, I like these things that I don't like, as long as they're presented in a way that a child could enjoy. <laughs> Bingo, got it. Uh, all right. So th- those are those are my musicals that I watch, and they're not really even musicals. There are a handful of musicals that I'll go with, like 1776 has been a favorite of mine for a very long time. Um, I, I I like musical episodes of shows on occasion. The the Buffy the Vampire Slayer musical episode, it's phenomenal, very surprisingly good. Did they do I, 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 did they do one of those in the Flash? I don't know. I am currently only through season two of The Flash. Okay. So if they did, uh, I think it would have been after that. Okay. I have not seen it. I'm just now there's on. an episode where there is somebody that is a singer. Trying, I'm trying to avoid spoilers just in case. Although I'm, I'm sure at this point anybody listening to this is farther along in whatever show than I am. Yeah. But... Hmm. Um, well, I don't. I don't know. I'm just going by what people have said. Hmm. I thought there was one in there. There, there may be. I just don't think I've gotten to you. I still yeah. have a whole season before it even gets current that I start catching up. I'm trying. I'm. I'm still. Well, that's another conversation. That's a different one for, yeah. for a different day. But uh, all right. So I think the bottom line is we've come up to a wall where we're definitely not going to agree, and I don't think either of us has necessarily poked a hole in the other person's presentation no and just going to personal taste on this yeah and and your argument is that he his style of acting is the bland non-emotional straight face type thing he is the straight man and erotic straight man in every film he's in pretty much and i don't disagree with that my disagreement is the presentation from the physical standpoint of you doing see, things you see hitches where i don't yes and then the other thing might be maybe the movies that he's in although the movies were good and the roles were good it might not have he might not have been the best Fair. casting choice for that particular role that could be it too especially inspector gadget well i will i will not stop absolutely loving this guy and giving him a chance in anything that he's in because he just seems genuinely, genuinely likable on top of everything else. Uh, that may be oh, completely I, naive of me on top of everything else. but Like uh, if he produces or directs a movie, I'm sure he'd be probably pretty good at it. But if he's going to be in front of the screen acting on it, eh, don't think twice about going. <laughs> well, I think we'll probably have to leave it there. We'll, we'll come up with something a little more concrete, something where we can have a have a more definitive answer uh, where one of us is absolutely right and Richard is wrong. So <laughs> we'll save that for another day. That, that's what usually happens at home. So I'm typically <laughs> wrong. <laughs> typically wrong. Uh, well, it has been wonderful having you with us again, and we will see you soon.